G'day, what's up? It's Aiden Jones here and you are listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday the 11th of April 2023. <sighs> How are ya? Everyone okay? Everyone okay out there in podcast land? I'm doing good. I'm sitting in a different chair. I'm sitting on the other side of my room. I'm in the middle of a day <clears throat> of um, recording podcasts today. The new pod, mate. I'm actually really excited. The new pod is uh, Still Not Drunk, a podcast about drinking by a comedian who doesn't drink. And I've been having guests all week. I've been recording and I'm really excited about it. I've been having some good chats. I'm learning. I guess, um, you know what I've been thinking lately about trying to have, I don't know what it is. Like, I just feel like there are some, the people who I see who are successful, they have this kind of courage to do something and put themselves forward in a way that's just like, there's like a confidence or there's something about it to be like, it's still as much as I'm like trying to grow an audience and be, you know, a comedian in the public eye and whatever, there's still something in me that says like, you don't deserve to have lots of people listening to your stuff. And I don't know what that is, but with this podcast, I'm trying to address that and make something that can be marketed to an audience, you know? I'm really excited about the new pod. I've had good feedback from people who, when I posted about it on Instagram, saying that I was going to do a new podcast, I had people going like, that's sick. I've got, you know, a friend giving up drinking or like, I like this or what. I've just had good feedback from it. So, um... I think it can be really cool and I'm having great conversations with the people that I've had on. It's very exciting. I've had an okay week. I'm not going to lie. The festival is uh, has been a little bit tough shows-wise. It's been okay. The shows have been great but the audiences haven't quite been there. But I'm, I guess, at a point now where I'm like, I'm accepting that the audiences I'm getting, that's just what I'm getting. So... I'm not expecting more or worrying or whatever. I'm just trying to enjoy the shows that I have and the audiences that are in front of me, you know. Um, and that feels good to reach that place of acceptance. I'm really happy with the show and the stuff that I'm doing. And I'm just enjoying seeing my mates. So, yeah. I hope you guys are having a good one, man. How do I feel today? I got up at 7 this morning. Oh, man, this is actually so funny. Um <laughs> I don't want to like, this is not against the people who this is about because um, I totally understand. I had a couple friends lined up to do the podcast this morning and one of them was driving back to Sydney today and, oh, oh, sorry, oh, let's have a sip of tea here. She suggested because we couldn't do another time. She was like, what if I come around in the morning before I drive to Sydney? And I was like, okay, like, you know, if you reckon you can. And so she was going to come around at nine to do a podcast. And uh, then at, <laughs> at three in the morning, she said, I can't get to sleep. And I, uh, she goes, I need to prioritize my rest, which is like a perfectly reasonable thing to say, but it's just... Yeah, I like I could tell that she felt really bad for cancelling. Um, so she was trying to make it as legitimate as possible. But it's like 
to be honest, I should have just been realistic when she said, do you want to do it while I like drive? I should have just been like, come on, man. There's no way you can do that. We'll just do it another time. But I was like, yeah, man, let's burn the candle at both ends. We'll do a podcast. You'll drive to Sydney. <laughs> Lunacy. And then I had another person booked in for 10.30. That's why I'm a psycho. I had p- people booked in to come and do podcasts at my house at 9, 10.30, 12.30 and 2. That's too much. I think I just, I'm so excited about the new podcast that I'm like, let me interview every fucking person ever. And it's just like, it's not going to be, you know, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I think I go too hard. Um but anyway, so um, yeah, I, uh, I had another person at 10.30, another mate, and then he was like, last night I messaged to be like, hey, are we all good for 10.30? And he just goes, <laughs> what did he say? I'll find the exact thing that he said. Um, it's just funny because like people always feel bad for cancelling, but um so the way that people cancel is funny because they feel bad and they're trying to be, you know, cool about it and they're whatever. You, you really get to watch someone squirm when they're canceling on you. But it's fine because we all cancel on each other. So you can't ever hold that against someone. So it's just funny to see what they just say. <laughs> Yesterday, I just put, see you at 10.30 tomorrow. And he just said, hopefully... what do you mean hopefully oh my god and then i got a message from him at one in the morning (sighs) saying um come to mine at 7 30 p.m and i was like yeah absolutely fuck that was so far hopefully you know oh god i loved it as soon as he sent that i was like oh there's no way there's no way that's happening but i got up early this morning went for my walk had a quick chat with my girlfriend, made breakfast, and then went promptly back to sleep for another 45 minutes. I'm trying to do these early mornings. I'm trying to make it a thing, but it's hard. I know. I don't know. I'm just worried about money. Always. I had a fucking fantastic set on Thursday night at the festival club. I think that's been the highlight of my week. I just, man, I went on. And I fucking, I just ripped it apart. I'm, I'm not going to be modest about it. I really had, I think I got two or I, two or three rounds of applause during the set in a five minute set. I fucking, the, the stuff was tied. I did two bits. They both went great. The person before me would, was um, doing a song about a dog that got stuck in the, what was it, a dog that got stuck in like a grate on the street and then they pulled the grate up and it wasn't a dog, it was a croissant, very funny. And um, I went on and I was like, my my opening was um, a friend of mine went to jail for selling drugs and then I was like, and I've got a song about it, DJ, play that track <laughs> and pretended to do like a musical number about that. That was fun. And I was just, man, it felt so good. Everyone, all the other comics and stuff there were just like, you had a great set. Kyle Kinane, who I spoke about last week, I think as well, um, 
walked past me and I kind of made a point of like being sure that he noticed that he was walking past me. I was like, hey man. And he went to go. And then he was like, oh, oh, dude, great set. He was so nice. He was like, great set, man. And he said, you won. He was like, tonight you won. I was like, oh man, thank you. And um, and then I made a joke about how we both have the same facial like beard and no hair. And he was like, we're, we're cute. We're a couple of cute guys. Yeah, we're cute. We're doing it. That was so cool, man. That was just like that for the rest of that night, friends and people I know were coming up to me. Friends and people I know. They're two different groups of people. That's funny to differentiate, isn't it? Some people are friends. Some people are not friends, but I know them. They were coming up to me. People were just going, that was great. It was really funny. That was a good set. And um, I guess talking about the anxiety of moving to the UK, uh, a friend of a friend who I'd not made contact with yet came up to me after the show uh, who works in comedy in the UK, like as an industry person. And it was just like, that was awesome. Let's go get a coffee. Mm. Oh, we went and got a coffee yesterday talked about industry stuff and just met as friends wonderful you know i am really fucking nervous about this move and just about money in general and how i'm going to make it work my plan is right now i have a five thousand dollar loan with the commonwealth bank and i'm in the middle of paying off my root canal and once i get that paid off i'm going to pay off the whole loan and then i'm going to take out another loan Ten, maybe twelve thousand dollars, so I can pay for the visa, so that I can get to the UK. And then when I'm over there, I'm just going to be paying off that loan for the next however fucking long. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's the plan. My plan is to take out a loan to move to another country. Fuck. And when I get there, I'm still going to have no money. God, how do people do it, man? How do people? Just have money and save it and not spend it and be smart. It's fucked. I've been keeping track of my money still in the diary every day. I've noticed that I um, I'm spending about twelve to thirteen hundred a month on food and transport and all that stuff. It's pretty good, but it is just like I could probably be spending less, couldn't I? What's 30 times 30, 900? Oh, you know what? I am spending about $440 a day and my goal is 30. That's pretty good. Ugh, I don't know. I've seen some amazing shows this week. Um, if you guys are in Melbourne and you're not seeing shows for the comedy festival, you fucking gotta because it's sick. I have seen... Uh, my good pal Sashi Pereira's show on Friday who sold out her whole run and then moved venue to a 180-seater at uh, Trades Hall and then sold that out as well. Incredible. Debut show. So good. Um, lovely story about endings, which I think she wrote really quickly. I don't know, man. Just what an incredible season for her. Um, and amazing to see her just like crush this fucking show at trades hall i wasn't going to be able to see it because it was all sold out and then i had her on the podcast and um i said that and she was like oh i've moved to a bigger venue i was like dude i'm coming tonight that's awesome 
went and saw that. I saw uh, the great Blake Freeman, dear friend of the podcast, Blake Freeman, um, do his show, which uh, was fantastic. Oh, my God. He had this fucking bit about his uncle coming to Christmas after smoking meth and coming to Christmas on meth and just being in the kitchen. <laughs> That's right. And he leaves. He goes like, who's got... What did he... He left to go get something. He was like, I just live 10 minutes down the road. I'll go get like a fucking chicken or whatever. And then he comes back three hours later with no food and just starts doing push-ups in the kitchen. (laughs) Oh my God, that killed me, man. Fuck. That was one of the best bits I've heard in the festival. That was so fucking funny. Oh man. I got to say to Kyle Kinane when he came up to me after my set, my favorite line, I can't remember whether I said this last week, my favorite line from his show is he was talking about his mum and how she is just a blabbermouth. Oh, not a blabbermouth, that's someone who gossips. She's She just talks a lot. And he said to use the word verbose, it feels too short. Um, and he says it... Uh, um, to say that my mother abuses the privilege of conversation is the line that he says. My mother abuses the privilege of conversation. I've never considered conversation to be a privilege before, but it is, isn't it? If someone's listening to you, they're giving you their attention and that's a privilege. And if you're talking at them and not saying that they want you to shut up, you're abusing that privilege. That was a beautiful turn of phrase. And uh, I got to say that when he came out and he was like, great set. And I was like, dude, I saw your show. I loved it. That line, abusing the privilege of conversation. And he was like, people like people like that line. People seem to like that line. <laughs> he was great, man. He was the fucking best dude. Both times I met him. Just wonderful. Um, but yeah, Blake's show, man, like just the thing about Blake, it was so good. And still afterwards, he was like, man, that wasn't a good show. I was like, I don't know, dude, I loved it. So, um, that was great. That was on Thursday. I think I saw him. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon I saw him that night. Then the night that I did the festival club Friday, I saw Sashi's show. Saturday, I saw maybe my favorite show of the week. I saw the audition room or the audition. Maybe it's just called the audition from uh, Eloise Eftos and Harry Morrissey. Fuck this show, man. It was in the room after me, the same room as me, the show after. Um, The conceit of the show is so Eloise is self-branded Australia's first hot comedian. Very funny. And Harry Morrissey is an extremely camp gay man. And he's dressed like just, I can't even remember, but just like revealing camp, very funny. And she's, I can't even remember what she was wearing, but they're like, they're they're casting directors and they're auditioning as the audience come in. They're like auditioning the audience for their thing. And they have this assistant and she's got a, uh, they're like calling people out in the audience going like, can we get a bust measurement on like this person? And they're having their assistant go out and like measure like women's busts and men's busts and like pulling them out of the audience as people walk into the show. 
They're just being mean to people. They're calling people ugly and stupid. They're making all these like completely... <laughs> I mean, they're queer and their whole audience is queer, which I guess is how they can do it. But like all of these just like homophobic jokes saying that gay people are gross, no lesbians. At one point, Harry was like, just recoils from a woman in the front row and he's like, she's on her fucking period. What the fuck? You're disgusting. Control it. Control it. <laughs> and um, they had me in the show. So cool because I wouldn't have got to see it otherwise if I wasn't actually in it because the room was completely full. And they um, they had others in there who were just doing characters and they were like, you come up and you audition for us. And like, I didn't know what was happening, so I didn't even prepare a character. So I just went on as myself and uh, they just asked me to do stuff. And they're just so, I, I don't know how they did it, man. The characters, I guess, were just so perfectly constructed. So when I went on, I didn't have to do anything. They just told me stuff to do and I just had to do it. Like they had a a little tin of pencils on their desk and they were like, hit that over and I like smacked it into the wall and they just reacted to that. Like they just say stuff and I react to them and they react to me and somehow it was funny. I don't know how they made a show out of nothing. It was genius and it's done now. So you can't see it. If you're in Sydney, I believe they are doing the Sydney Comedy Festival. That might be that and Andrew Hamilton are my two favorite shows that i've seen so far andrew hamilton that i said last week jokes about the time i went to prison and now the audition as well it was so mean at the end they have their assistant keeps coming on and she's so beautiful and she's just like really kind and sweet as a character and they're just mean to her and then they need it comes down from their boss that they need a strong like a female lead for the movie that they need to cast and they don't want to cast a female because they're like ugh, women and then this lady comes on and she's like, I might be able to help you out. I heard you need a female lead. And she sings beautifully. And they just laugh her out of the building. They're like, do you think that was good? Yuck, you're a loser. You're gross. You're disgusting. You're a bitch. It's so fun to see people be mean. I love watching people be mean. And I've also just, you know what? I don't think I would be as like coping as well as I am with the disappointing ticket sales if I wasn't um, seeing other people's shows, if I wasn't going out and seeing shows and enjoying them and um, just getting out of my head a little bit, you know? Because the ticket sales, I mean, they're not awful, but they're not amazing. And I guess I just had a slightly higher hopes for this festival. What do we got? I got a, I got messaged for the rest of the run. This was on Friday, but the sales now for the rest of the run are... Oh, that's not that bad. 4, 14, 10, 2, 3, 2, 1, 0, 2, 0, 12, 6. I mean, look, I'll probably get double digits on all of those, but it's just not what you want. You want more. You want more. You're greedy. You're thirsty for more sales. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just got to focus on selling these tour shows for the rest of the run. Brisbane and Gold Coast in May this week. I'm going to start doing the work to promote those shows and make sure that they are full so that I can have repeats of that fucking amazing night that I had in Newcastle. That's what's out there. And the festivals, you know, whatever. I just, I want to try and make some, I want to try and make some money 
in May and June with this show because I know it's a good show. Hey, fuck, whatever. Whatever. Let me talk about some more fun stuff. Maybe I want to tell you about a poem I wrote. What about that? That's nice, isn't it? I couldn't think of the last line for this poem. I'm still reading. I'm plodding my way through The Ode Less Travelled by Stephen Fry. And uh, we're doing rhyming now. So I thought I would do a little a poem with a bit of rhyming. And uh, let me read you this and see what you reckon. Where are we? No, I flip back. Wrong, Aiden. Wrong. Tell me what you reckon about this. The shadow falls on the bushman's ghost, the plaster behind him peeling bare. It was easy to miss him standing there, our welcoming and grateful host. His darkened features surely kind, a conf- as confidence can only bring, benevolent and charming king with hand on hip and steady look. Somebody placed him there some day before the wall began to peel, and knowing he'd forever stay, his eyes alert and hand on steel. Each night as people fill the town and leave again at morning dark, the bushman's ghost carved out of bark. And then I don't know what the last line is. There's something, something looking down. Is, is, is on his mantle looking down. Sits on, sits on his mantle looking down. That's it. Oh, that's been there since Thursday. I read it to my girlfriend. I couldn't get it. I was looking at that for ages. It almost made me late to Blake's show. Oh, let me read it again. That's my poem. It's called The Bushman's Ghost. How nice. The Bushman's Ghost. Fucking man. Poetry's easy. Fuck you. <sighs> The shadow falls on the bushman's ghost, the plaster behind him peeling bare. It was easy to miss him standing there, our welcoming and grateful host. His darkened features surely kind as confidence can only bring, benevolent and charming king with hand on hip and steady look. Somebody placed him there some day before the wall began to peel and knowing he'd forever stay, his eyes alert and hand on steel. Each night as people fill the town and leave again in morning dark, the bushman's ghost carved out of bark sits on his mantle looking down. Yeah, that's nice, man. I'm, re- I'm really enjoying the book when I get moments to um, sit and read it. And it's also fucked because I've got another book that I bought. So like... I'm I'm so impatient. I want to start reading the next book, but I'm trying to be disciplined. It's like, no, mate, you bought the other one. Finish the poetry book. It's been good. I'm just frustrated because I don't have time to read. And so I'm not excited. You know, like I'm not excited about the poetry book anymore. So I want to start a new book, but I got to finish the one that I started. Oh, but that's cool, man. I want to write more poems. I wrote a good one. Oh, actually, no, I'm not going to read that one. I've been writing a few, like, I'm just, I'm enjoying writing poems and I'm writing them in my diary every day. Just a little iambic pentameter, unrhyming five lines. I like the feeling of five lines. Something about the unevenness of it. The one, two, three, four, 
five, like it feels like it's about to finish, but the fourth line is just kind of like a little, like a bridge or something, like an extension of the third line or like a floating point in between the third and the final. It's just like a little bracketed something. It feels like it's going to end, but then it doesn't quite end. It's very satisfying. I really, that, that, one i wrote i was doing an exercise from the book where he goes just look around wherever you are and write down every thing that you can see whether it's an item or an ambience or the music or people you know talking a date or whatever it is just write down like 30 things that you can see and then pick a few of them and just write every word that you can think of that rhymes with those words and that should set some things going and it did that bushman's ghost thing was uh it was a little figure carved out of some kind of wood of a a bushman looking guy in the corner of this room i was at boilermaker i was at the no the boilermaker house boilermaker house on uh i think it's latrobe street in the city this like beer and whiskey bar and uh, I sat down there with a nice upflow stout and read the book for a bit, did a few exercises. I had an hour to kill. And then I saw that little guy and I thought he looked kind of like a ghost, like the Bushman's ghost, but he was like looking over the room, you know? And so I started writing a poem about it. It was a, I, I remember when I sat down, there was a guy next to me. I needed to charge my phone, so I came in and I asked. It was weird. I asked the guy who was working at the pub, can I charge my phone? And he goes, yes, I can put it behind the, um, like the waiter station, like at the back, you know, where we take orders and stuff. But like he goes, I just want you to know that I take no responsibility for it. And if it disappears, I can't have any liability for that. I was like, all right, sure. And he's like, okay, I mean, it'll be fine. But I just want, I, I need to say that now. I'm like, so are you going to steal my phone, dude? Like, what the, what? Why say that? I don't know. It never enter, entered into my mind that has someone had their phone stolen from behind that thing? It's only a staff area, right? A staff going to steal my phone? It was weird. I just, because I was like, I don't have any other option. Like I need it to get charged. So yes, please put it behind there and charge it. But like when I left then, like I sat down for an hour with the book and da da da. And then when I was leaving, he went to get it. And I was like, this now is where he comes back and goes, oh no, someone stole your phone. It's like, Really, mate? Did they? Or did you just run the slickest scam in the history of scams? I don't know. Something about that was weird. And then like, you know what? This is a me problem though. This this next thing. I get really, uh, I resent being told that I need to buy shit. I just don't like when stuff doesn't go my way. I guess I found myself in the city every night because comedy festival. So I'm out there. And in that one, I just wanted to sit down, but I had to buy a beer. So I had to spend, a, you know, 10 bucks. And then, but like I went to a Japanese place the other day as well. And I got this wicked box of all this stuff. It was actually great value. And I could see there was a, I needed to charge again. And I could see there was a plug. And I just said to the chick, like, hey, can I charge my phone? She was like, nah, we can't do that. I was like, oh, but it's just there. She's like, nah. I'm like, let me charge my fucking phone. Fuck. I'm just being a whinging baby because I've got nothing to talk about. That's what's going on right now. 
I've still got a little bit of time to fill and I've got nothing to talk about. So I'm just whinging about people who won't let me charge my phone in the city. I did a set last night at the Exford, which was great. Um, man, I fucking love Chris Franklin. He's the best. The bloke. Ever since we ha- we, we hung out in Cairns and uh, I saw him do his set and it was just... Just great pro-level comedy. And uh, just thinking about the song, that bloke song. I don't know if you guys know it. Maybe I'll make it the end of this podcast this week. The song from 2000 about being, I'm a bloke, I'm a yobbo, and me best mate's name is Robbo. Just, he is the bloke. He's still the bloke. He was the bloke then and he's the bloke now and he's not changed. But not in a bad way. He's just so... I love watching him host the Exford. There's something very nostalgic or like I know that I'm going to be nostalgic about it one day. I've spent a bit of time at the Exford this festival and I'm really enjoying just hanging out there, being around everyone. It feels like the proper comics, you know? It's not industry. It's just this is where the comics are, this pub, doing this show. They have open micers on and Franklin is just the fucking... He's the guy in that place, man, with his big grey beard... He's the Gandalf of comedy. Oh, he's the best. And people yell out to him, ask him to sing the song and he tells them to fuck off. He has all his jokes ready. He's a real sweet dude and he loves comedy and I got a lot of respect for him. The photo for this week is going to be uh, a photo that I took last night of Chris Franklin in thongs on stage at the Exford pointing at some person, telling him to shut up. It was awesome. And um, the uh, the set that I had last night was really fun because he's been saying now every time he brings me on, he goes, I've worked with this man many times. The last time was a, a job that we did up in Cairns and uh, in, that jo- in that time our roles were reversed. He goes, he was the MC and I was the act. And... Uh, I came on last night and I was like, you know when you say we did a job up in Cairns and our roles were reversed, like obviously we're comedians, but it sounds like we fucked, doesn't it? Like a job, our roles were reversed, like I was on top, you know? And then I got a lot of mileage out of that riff up top. He was like, I'm in a bank job. I was like, yeah, we fucked in a bank. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if any of this has summed up how I feel or what's been going on lately. The festival's tough. I'm not going to make heaps of money, but it's fulfilling to do the show. I'm enjoying the show. I'm working on it. And some good things have come out of the festival. If nothing else, the connection with this industry person from the UK that's hopefully going to get me connected to a few other people and get me a bit of work, that is, yeah, that's indispensable. So if that's the best thing that comes out of this festival, then it's been a success. But also all the other stuff, seeing people's shows, performing at the Exford, having some great sets there and having good comics in town that I can put on the new podcast. Fuck yeah, man. It's all going to be okay. All right? And you know what? That feels like the title of this week's podcast. At the death. There we are. It's all going to be okay. Well, I hope you guys are having a good time, whatever you're doing. And if you're liking this podcast, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. 
follow the Instagram for all of the stuff that I put up from the podcast and I will chat to you next time. Thank you very much for listening. This has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace. Cigarette. I dress in flannelette, 